0: Hello and welcome to Family Renewal. I'm Israel Wayne, your host. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as we take a look at faith, family, and culture all through the lenses of a biblical worldview. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Hi, I'm Israel Wayne. Welcome to another episode of the Family Renewal Podcast. My guest today is Matt Adams. He is the author of a great book called Ordinary Homeschool Dad. And the subtitle is Practical Help for the Everyday Working Father. Matt, it's great to have you on the show today.
1: Thank you, Israel. I'm really excited to be here.
0: So Matt, why don't you take a minute and introduce us to your family and tell us a little bit about your life and
1: uh, the family that God has blessed you with. Sure. Well, I'm married to Ruth. Uh, we've been married for 20 years. We have seven children, five girls and two boys. Um, I live near Houston. I work in oil and gas as an engineer. And uh, essentially, we just live life and try to honor the Lord in what we do and uh, and try to reach out through various means of helping other homeschooling families and just the Christian community to be a blessing. Um, that's
0: us. Yeah. That well, well, this book is called Ordinary Homeschool Dad, and I'm assuming you chose the title for a specific reason and that the Ordinary Homeschool Dad is over and against a different kind of homeschool dad. <laughs> is that like the the superstar Marvel comic book Avenger homeschool dad? Like what, <laughs> who are we contrasting this this concept no. with? What, 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 uh,
1: what is special about uh, the Ordinary Homeschool Dad? Well, nothing. That's the point. It's ordinary. Right? Exactly. <laughs> no, so what inspired you, know, well, you to write this? Yeah. So several years back, um, you know, we go to homeschool conferences quite frequently, mm-hmm. and we were at one. I don't even remember where. And listened to a number of guys. You might have been there. I don't even remember. But a number of people that that speak and and help homeschool families. And when we left, we're driving home, and I'm just thinking about things guys said and. You know, the encouragement they, they gave and I was like, you know, this is great stuff. But a lot of guys that just work a normal eight to five job or whatever, um, they might struggle to to apply some of the things. Because some guys like you that do that for a living, you know, don't necessarily have that same kind of routine and things. And I was thinking I, and I'm an engineer. I work, you know, five days a week and just do normal things like most other you know, most average American dad does.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm thinking, you know, the Lord's, the Lord's blessed us. We, He's given us great a great family and I'm thinking, are there some things that the Lord has taught me over the years that I could just write down in a short, easy read that would be able to help some other dads out there that are in the same boat as I am, you know, just working a normal job and trying to put food on the table for their family and, and help their wives out in this homeschooling process. And maybe encourage some dads that, that aren't, haven't really got into it yet. I mean, they're, you know, you see that a lot that the wife, the mother is really doing a lot of the, the homeschool preparation and research and everything. And the dad's just kind of following along, you know? And so I thought, well, maybe I could encourage the dad to plug in a little more. So that's kind of the motivation. And actually, after that homeschool conference, I wrote a little bit. And then it was when you came and stayed with us for about a week, a couple years ago. And I, I told the idea, I I shared the idea with you. And you're like, yeah, you need to do this. So that motivated me to finish it. So I I, love the concept.
0: (laughs) I love the concept, Matt. I really do. Because somebody told me this some years ago, and I had never thought about it before. But they said it's actually discouraging sometimes for a lot of men when they hear somebody like you talk about homeschooling. I said, in what way? Like, you know, that's never been my intention to discourage men. My goal is I want to encourage them and I want to help equip them and so forth. And they said, yeah, but look at it from from this perspective. You grew up homeschooling. You were homeschooled. So you have this background experientially. Um, Your wife was homeschooled. You both come from this background. You grew up in homeschool publishing. You know, my mom published a national homeschool magazine. And was one of the the pioneers and founders of the homeschooling movement. So, you know, I grew up being taught about homeschooling from the pioneers of the homeschooling movement. Um, I've read dozens and dozens of books on the topic. I've studied, you know, read hundreds of articles on it, studied about homeschooling from scripture and all these other different angles, hundreds of hours of study and research on it. I make a living talking about homeschooling. I I don't go work. i now used to, but I don't go work a job outside the home anymore. So my work is in my home. um, My schedule is more flexible. So when uh, I talk about fathers being involved or doing family worship or some of those things, like I'm my own boss. So, and they said, they said, it's just, you're, you're not living the average homeschool dad life and it's easier for you. And so the things that you talk about can come across as just very idealistic. And so when you started telling me about your concept for the book, I loved it because I think that that person was telling me that I think they're right. And sometimes these mega superstar homeschool dads, um, sometimes it, it can sound daunting to a lot of them. They just feel like I'm not going to be a Vodie Bauckham or a Todd Wilson or a Kevin Swanson or an Israel Wayne. I, that's not me. I, they may even think I'm not that theologically minded. I'm not, you know, I don't know anything about homeschool curriculum, whatever. So that's where your book, I think, is is perfect for them. So so let's talk about that guy who works an average job like you do and has to go to work and maybe works long hours. And how can they engage with their family in the homeschool process? What what do you see as being the role for the dad and how can they plug into to not just being a bystander in this homeschool process?
1: Yeah. Well, it it starts by reading guys like you (laughs) reading, reading Bodie Bauckham or or Todd Wilson or some of these guys. I mean, a lot of things I share is just things that I've read, but hopefully I, I put it in a nice compact package that can really spur on guys to think about things. But I'm, you know what, what my real goal, and people might be really disappointed. Dads may read it and say, well, I was expecting a whole bunch of really practical tips on, on how to do this and that. And that's, that's not really what they're going to find. What they're going to find for the most part is biblical exhortation to be the husband God has called you to be, to be the father God has called you to be, to be the Christian man of God. He wants you to be just things outlined in scripture. You know, am I, am I loving my wife, is Christ love the church? What does that mean? You know, think about that for a little bit. Am I, am I teaching my children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord? You know, how does that look? Um, you know, all these things. Am I, am I defending the faith and teaching my children to stand up for what they believe in to defend the faith? You know, it's, so I write about some of these kind of things that to really just encourage dads want to take their faith seriously, you know? So if, if a non-believer reads this book, he's probably not going to get past the first or second chapter. He's going to to throw it out. But as a believer, as a man of God, as a Christian, you know, hopefully it will be some encouragement to really take their faith seriously and take the commands of scripture seriously. Um, that, that's really what I want to do. And I do give some practical ideas on how um, to implement some things like family worship and, and studying apologetics, things like that.
0: Well, this book is not Dawn. It's a little over 100 pages. I, I think sometimes if a man is given a book on education and it's 300 pages, people, sometimes they just shut down. They're like, I don't have time for this. But this is a great book. You can you know, have this sitting in the, in the restroom and you pick it up, and read it in short spurts. And it, okay.
1: this, th- There is something magic about this book, okay? Okay. It's sideways. It's so thin. You can't even see it anymore. <laughs> so do that one magic trick with it.
0: <laughs> so so the thing that uh is a little bit unique about you is that while you don't come from a homeschool background your wife does she so so she, when you got married uh i'm presuming she was pretty dead set on homeschooling i've read her book called legacy uh you know reflections of a homeschooling mama and uh uh you know she she talks about her journey and so I don't think she ever really had a different paradigm in mind besides having the children home educated, but that's not your world. So what was that like for you trying to get your mind on this homeschooling idea?
1: You know, I, I love my wife and I'm pretty open-minded. So when, when I can't even remember when she said, yeah, we're planning on homeschooling. I was like, yeah, sure. whatever." <laughs> and the reality is, so yeah, I grew up in public school, very small one, a public school in East Texas. Um, but So there's a little bit of irony. My wife, who was homeschooled, there was only her and her brother in her family. So just two. Me was not homeschooled, went to public school, but there were actually 11 children in my family. So it's kind of the backwards. Right. (laughs) um, Crushing the stereotypes here. Yeah, it's, it's really odd. So, but I was number 10. So I had, uh, you know, nine older brothers and sisters and a couple of my brothers and sisters, the older ones were homeschooling. So, And that's actually how I met my wife. When I graduated high school, I moved in with my oldest brother who was homeschooling his two daughters at the time and began going to church with him, which happened to be my wife's father's church. And so I met my wife and we ended up getting married. So I was exposed to it and um, you know, I saw a lot of the benefits to it. I I saw the character, you know, that was one thing that really um, made a big impact after I had left home and moved in with my brother and was now with this homeschooling family I went back home I guess after my first semester of college and began to hang out with my friends and just the things they said suddenly it's like wow it, you know my, my con- I didn't realize how um, my conscience was a bit seared you know and living with a family that had much higher standards and really took their faith intention- intentionally um, it really it changed my perspective on things and helped me to start taking the word of God more seriously. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's kind of how we, we got, we started the whole thing. I never really had any disagreement with it.
0: So now that you're involved in homeschooling, you have one student who's graduated and is in college, but you're still homeschooling six children. Is that correct? That's right. And so now that you're involved as a homeschool dad, obviously you go to work, so you're not there during the day. So you're not doing the, bulk of the academic teaching. Or what do you see as being your primary role in the, the homeschool family?
1: I would say there's several things I, w- I would point to. Ultimately, as a, as a Christian, Christian and husband and father is to be the spiritual head of my family, right? Um, so being intentional about family worship and teaching my children the scriptures, uh, teaching them you know the 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 great heroes of the faith and men of God that have gone before me teaching them theology um which means i need to be learning those things myself you know i need to be reading and and i need to take the word of god seriously and studying um because you can't teach your your children those things too well if you're not learning it you know along the way um and also it's just you know my wife still does most of the the curriculum planning and things like that but being a sounding board for her you know um listening to the ideas she comes up with and maybe advising as well, but just helping her think through these things she can get. And I'm sure your wife can get pretty overwhelming sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, your starts and you've got all these children, you've got to figure out who's going to be taking what, and what are they going to be learning? Just helping her to think through those things is a big part of the function. And, um, and more with my older children is, is taking, helping them to be accountable. So well, my life is great with the little ones, teaching them to read. But as they get older, um, you know, and start thinking more about their, their future, uh, it helps for me to step in and hold them accountable. And uh, it, being an engineer, the math and science is, is the area where I really start to take over and, and help them get through those kind of things. But uh, yeah, I, again, ultimately, it's to to engage my children and make sure They are learning the word of God and learning what it means to be a Christian and (laughs) pleading to God on their behalf that they, you know, put their faith in him ultimately.
0: I can relate to that. Definitely. So how do you keep in tune with what's going on in the family? How do you know how your children are doing academically, how they're doing emotionally, spiritually, relationally? Do you have a plan where you schedule regular meeting times with your wife to discuss these things? Uh, do you, does she just, um, uh, you know, send you, send you emails and updates on what's going on? How do you, how do you stay connected? So, you know, what's going on in your family when you're, cause you travel a lot, you travel internationally and,
1: yeah, and I have. I have. schedule that's, and that's slowed down a lot, but there have been years in the past where, I, I mean, I've literally been to every continent except Antarctica, you know, I have had to travel quite a bit in the past. That's slowed down a lot, thankfully, praise the Lord. Um, and with, in the last two months, of course, you know. There hasn't been any travel, even not even going to work, just working from home. But um, you know, my wife and I, especially as our children have gotten older, we have a routine. Every Monday night, we go out together and we try to talk things through. Um, but we do email a lot. You know, one nice thing about you know, I'm an engineer and um, so I work an office job. So I I can take time and email my wife, email my older kids that have email things like that. So, um, but, you know, it's, it's extremely important to, um, to be engaging all of your children. I don't have a set time with any of my children, but I do try to spend a lot of time with them as a, as a whole, but also individually. Um, you know, a, a lot of the things I'll post on Facebook are going down the river in a canoe, you know, things like that, because I spend a lot of time outdoors with the children, uh, sometimes one-on-one sometimes more than one, but, just taking time to get out and really hear their heart um, is so important. And then as a family, just uh, family worship, you know, is, is so important um, because you see where they're at. You can read their body language. Are they taking this seriously? You know, mm-hmm. are they, are, do they want to sing? You know, um, the, the three aspects of family worship I find important, singing, reading the scriptures and praying together. Are they taking those things seriously? And um, so you can kind of gauge where your children are at by how they engage in your, your time together in the Word of God. So,
0: How do you find time to fit family worship into your daily schedule?
1: Um, normally, so I leave, I'm at the office at six o'clock in the morning. Usually that's before anyone's even awake in my house. Um, but I try to get home by five o'clock. So I work like a six to four is a typical schedule. And so we get home. We'll have dinner, and we'll either do it around the kitchen table. You know, we'll we'll sing a hymn before we start to eat, and then I'll grab the Bible, and as we're eating, you know, I'll I'll read some scripture. Um, I don't find that to be the best way because it's you know. So God said, "Pass me the you know beans." You know, (laughs) it can kind of interfere, but but sometimes if you're pressed for time, we'll we'll do it that way. I, I would rather. Okay, quick clean up. Let's all gather in the living room. And uh, I, I, you've actually been in my home and, and we've done it a few times. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just grab everybody together. I, I'll usually grab my guitar. We'll sing a, a hymn or two. And uh, we'll read the scripture. We may read a devotion of some kind. Uh, I may do a catechism. You know, I, I've taught my children different catechisms in the past. But mainly, read, uh, sing, read the scriptures and then pray together. find out what your kids you know you can gauge how your kids are but what they they want to pray for you know um but you just you just got to take the time to do it and you know that's it just it doesn't have to be long you know that's the thing people think oh it's got to be a full church service no it doesn't maybe just 10 minutes you know um and and it's great training too because uh, you know if you a lot of churches we don't typically send our children to Sunday school or anything. They come to church with us. And, uh, you know, I find that, that it builds our children better doing that way. And, um, so if you've been practicing this at home, it works a lot better, you know, that children understand what, what is expected of them in church. Um, and it's a lot easier at home because if you have a discipline problem, you can take them out, take care of it and get back to it. And it's not a big deal. So. So anyway. then
0: when, when you're traveling and you're on the road, um, are you guys able to keep consistency with the family worship or does that dynamic change when you're gone and kind of resume when you come back? Or what does it look like for your family with uh, the daily family worship when you're not able to be there because you're say, on a long road trip or something?
1: Yeah, it, we try to keep it up. And, you know, thank God for technologies like this. Um, I think the first time and actually, uh, you know, Vodi Bachum has a book called Family Shepherds. And that, what is, that book really encouraged me to, to get with it and to step it up and be consistent. And I read that book on a 16-hour on a flight to Singapore. And um, so I get to my hotel in Singapore, which it was like a 13, 14-hour time difference. So just as I was going to bed, they were waking up in the morning. And we pulled up Skype or FaceTime or something and um, just did it. Did, you know, did it right there. All the kids gathered around the computer and... We sang a hymn. It's a little odd because of the lag, but we sang, and then I read the scriptures, and, and we prayed. And, you know, you can, you can continue to do it pretty much anywhere you are because of technology today. Now, I mean, it, it doesn't always work. Sometimes my schedule just doesn't permit it. But, you know, try to be consistent. And, you know, if you miss a day, you try to pick it up the next day. You know, you don't have to, have to beat yourself up because it didn't work one day. But try to be consistent is the, is the theme there.
0: So let's say, just kind of as we wrap up here, let's say there's a dad who listens and says, boy, you know, I I feel like my wife expects more from me than what she's getting. I feel like she has an expectation or a hope or a desire uh, for me, and I don't even know what she wants. Like, I don't even know how she wants me to engage. I don't know how to engage, Um, but I hear what you're saying. I think I'd like to. Obviously, buying the book is, is going to be our recommendation. I have a chance to say in the book what we can't say in a soundbite here. But just what's your admonition to that dad who, who has a desire, like, I want to be more engaged. I just, I don't know where to start. Like, you know, do I start with my relationship with my kids? Do I start with my relationship with my wife? Do I start with my relationship with God? Like, what, what's my next step? Where do I, where do I go from here? What, and what do I do?
1: Yeah, you know, all three. Um, it's so important to, to be in prayer. About it uh, but uh, you start by talking to your wife just ask her you know where does she need help um, I think it's so important to begin to really relate and understand where she's struggling and you know uh, your wife is probably spending a lot more time with your children than you are if you're if your homeschool family and so she's going to know where those struggles are and know where where you can engage practically. She's probably got a lot of good advice and, and, and don't try to just say, well, you we need to do this, 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 you know, think about what can I do? Cause I, I know that my tendency when my wife starts telling me about something going wrong is to is say, well, you need to do this. That usually doesn't go well. though. That's true. Yeah. You know, I mean, we need to take it as, well, how can I help sure. solve the problem? Um, but, but seriously take it to the Lord and, you know if you're not able to spend much time in prayer that's one thing i write about find the time to really be seeking god and spending time in prayer and um, you know a, a good way to do that is to keep a little journal and just start those things those troubled areas your wife may bring to you write them down and then you know take take 10 minutes in the morning or whatever or whenever's convenient for you to pray through that list and keep adding to the list more and more things will come up and you know, as you as you read the scriptures and as you as you pray about it, the Lord will continue to bring things to your mind. And the great thing about doing that is, over time, you'll begin to say, "Hey, the Lord answered that prayer." You know, and you you, you write that off, and you'll begin to see how the Lord works in your own life and uh, and helping you work through some of the struggles. But but definitely seek the Lord and just find, make time to pray. I would say is is huge. Very good. You know, I, I think about is it first Thessalonians five that says, rejoice, always um, pray without ceasing and and uh, give thanks continually for that's the will of God. That's what he says. You know, the will of God is that, you know, we rejoice and we pray and we give thanks and uh, the giving thanks part, I think, is one thing that's a can be a big struggle. Um, You know, we're always looking at all the problems and issues we have, but you know what, if, if we lost everything, you know, I've watched the price of oil go negative and I work for an oil company. That's pretty scary, but you know, I, and so I, you know, I could lose everything. I could lose my job, lose my house, you know, and, um, but if all I have is Christ, you know, I still have something to be thankful for. And that is the will of God that we give thanks. And I think the more we show gratitude that rubs off in our family and our children begin to show gratitude. Um, so, you know, take the word of God seriously. And I don't know, like, what was your question again? <laughs> I've already forgotten. Just, just,
0: a, just how, the, how a dad can engage, you know, what, what can he do to get plugged in if he's been right. connected? Cause it's just so easy to get obsessed with our work, with our hobbies, with our sports or whatever it is that we're into. And the family can kind of be on the periphery and we're just worn out, right? We're tired and we don't feel like coming home and engaging. And yep. yet that's what our families need from us. It is. So A lot of guys realize like, yeah, I need to do that. But they either don't know how or they feel intimidated or maybe they're discouraged. Let's throw let's, uh, this one out there, too. Maybe they tried in the past to lead worship or to, to take more involvement in guiding their family spiritually or something. Maybe they got a smackdown, you know, maybe the kids just acted bored uh, and were disrespectful. Uh, maybe their wife felt a need to kind of nitpick how they did family worship or whatever and they feel discouraged and you know that can shut a guy down but what's your advice to that kind of guy who who's like yeah you know what i tried that it
1: didn't go so well try again you know um i mean i think being open to and let them know you know just be honest you know that really that really hurt me you know and and trying to have an open discussion about you know, if, if your wife says, I don't think you could have done this better, my wife advises me on things I could do better quite frequently, you know, but, and just listen and, and try to, try to do better, but don't stop, be consistent, keep trying, and, um, and, and get, again, give thanks that you have that opportunity, you know, there are places all over this world where you don't have that opportunity, that's right, um, and, and if you don't have your kids in, at home with you, you have less of an opportunity, you know, so. Just try to be consistent and try again. You know, pick up your Bible and try again.
0: It's good, good advice. Go ahead, brother.
1: I would say you can even shorten it up a little bit. You know, sing "Jesus Loves Me," read a short psalm, and say a a quick prayer. You know, keep it short. And uh, you know, I've done things like that. And you know, like said a prayer, dear Jesus, thank you for this time. Amen. Kids like. Happened, you know. Now they're listening. Now they're awake. (laughs) Throw them off their game.
0: (laughs) Well, the book is called "Ordinary Homeschool Dad: Practical Help for the Everyday Working Father." This is a great book for you as a wife to get for your husband in the bathroom and (laughs) give give it to him. I I think he'll dive into it. You know, maybe you won't, but I I think he will. It's uh, it's an accessible book. It's an honest book. Uh, it's a helpful book, and so Matt, tell us where people can get a, a copy of this, and how they can plug into uh, other resources that you have for them.
1: Sure, I've got a website, ordinaryhomeschooldad.com. and I'm on Facebook and Twitter by those those handles. You can you can find me. I'm more on Twitter, it seems like, because because I don't have a lot of time. It keeps me short, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, you can find the book on the website or on Amazon. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, check it out and, uh, and hopefully it'll be some encouragement. Um, there are some practical tips about things, you know, how to, to help your children, uh, doing some things online. So there is some practical things, but again, the, the, the major point, seek the Lord and, um, you know, love your family. Just love them.
0: Yes, uh, so your wife. Ruth has a podcast and you've been a guest and have done some podcasting with her on her podcast. Um, are, are you doing any podcasting currently?
1: Um. So. I just help Ruth out every now and then. So the Legacy Homeschool Reflections podcast. You can find that on iTunes. It's called Homeschool Reflections? Yeah, Legacy Homeschool Reflections. Legacy Uh,
0: Homeschool Reflections.
1: Yeah, that's the podcast. And uh, she has a website as well, LegacyHomeschoolReflections.com. You can find her podcasts right there. And uh, yeah, it's a kind of a family thing. She'll record it. And uh, I do all the technical bits, though my daughter, um, she is the one that edits it. And uh, uh, we've done some really neat things. She was able to interview uh, Jim Elizabeth Elliott's daughter on it, which was a really cool podcast. I did a couple of them. Those were great um, stuff on it. And sometimes I'll join her and we'll, we'll chat about different things when uh, we have a topic to discuss. So yeah, that's fun. And it's, it's a great encouragement. Ruth's Ruth's so sweet for her homeschool moms out there. She's just a real blessing to a lot of people. So
0: absolutely. I know my wife enjoys uh, getting to read her blog and to, Listen to the podcast whenever she's able. And uh, Ruth has always been a great encouragement to my wife, as you have always been a great encouragement to me. And we Likewise, value brother. and appreciate your friendship. And uh, I know that families will be blessed by the resources that you guys offer. So thank you, Matt, for taking time today to come talk to dads. And I uh, hope um, we'll get a chance to meet up in person again at some point here, not too far down the road.
1: That would be great. I really appreciate it, Israel.
0: All right. Bless you, brother. Take care. Thank you for listening to this audio presentation. For more information on Family Renewal, the writing
1: and speaking ministry of Brooke and Israel Wayne, please visit FamilyRenewal.org.